Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah Muhammadan Rasulullah Ashhadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah Hayya Hayyala al-salaah Hayyala al-falaah Hayyala al-falah Allahu Akbar الحمد لله نحمده تعالى ونستعينه ونستغفره ونسترضيه ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا إنه من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا محمد عبده ورسوله وصفيه من خلقه وخليله بلغ الرسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح الأمة فكشف الله تعالى به الغمة وتركنا على المحجة البيضاء ليلها كنهارها لا يزيغ عنها إلا هالك فاللهم صل عليه وعلى آله وأزواجه وأصحابه ومن استنى بسنته إلى يوم الدين أما بعد إخوتي وأخواتي في الله بداية أوصيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله عز وجل كما أوصى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أصحابه في بداية كل خطبة بقوله تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون 
يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما ثم أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كلام الله وإن خير الهدي هدي نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي Dear respected brothers and sisters we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in abundant praise we thank him we beseech him for his mercy and his forgiveness for indeed he who Allah guides no one can lead astray and whosoever Allah misguides no one can guide we ask, all, we ask Allah Almighty to make us all from amongst those who are rightly guided. And we bear witness that there is no deity worthy of worship save Allah alone, and that our beloved Prophet Muhammad wasallam is his last and final messenger. May Allah's peace and blessings be upon him, his family, his wives, his companions, and upon all those who tread in his footsteps until the last day. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us all from amongst them. We begin the sermon by reminding one another to have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To be mindful, to be God conscious of our Lord and our Creator at all times and all places. As our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala instructs us when he says in the Quran what can be translated as, O you who believe, have taqwa of your Lord. O you who believe, be conscious of your Lord as he is worthy of. And die not except in a state of total submission to him. Dear respected brothers and sisters, as we enter into the eighth week of this aggression against our brothers and sisters in Gaza and in Palestine, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant them victory. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant them sadad. As we enter into this eighth week, I find myself reflecting upon the statement of Sayyidatna Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, our mother, the wife of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, our mother Aisha. May God be pleased with her. When she was asked once about what was the most amazing thing of the Messenger, and in one narration, in the narration of Ibn Hibban, she says, Everything about him was amazing. And I find myself reflecting on this, our Messenger, who was a prophet, who was a messenger, who was a, uh, who was a statesman. He was a military leader. He was all of these things, and he was a husband. He was a father, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And his heart and his mind are in all these different places, yet he's able to be the man and the messenger that we have come to love, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And it got me wondering, how can I be like him in chasing the long game? You know, as we say, as we say, Palestinians say, this, this issue... It needs nafas tawil. And it, it needs patience. It needs us it, to be in it for the long game. 
So the question is, how can we be in this for the long game? And that's what I wanted to explore today in these short moments we have on this blessed day of Friday. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshallah, to grant us the ability to say that which will be beneficial to us and implement it in our lives. Allahumma ameen. First of all, brothers and sisters, it's important to recognize that rationality, spirituality, rohaniyat, activism, this, all of these things are, you can say, are threads that are intricately woven together. They cannot exist without the other. And so when we are speaking about being in it for the long game, we are not speaking just about how can we be strategized politically for the long game. We're not just talking about how can we spiritually cope for the long game. All of these things must be intricately woven together. And so with that, from that framework, I wanted to discuss a few things about how our Prophet ﷺ dealt with this. Number one, and most importantly, is we must have relentless hope. We must have relentless hope. Because in these times when we are constantly scrolling through our screens and seeing these images, the news just keeps getting worse, it seems. Anytime there's a small break, it gets worse afterwards. For anyone who is not a believer, this can lead to a deep hole of nihilism, of depression, of feeling like there is no succor, there is no aid, no help, no path forward. And the way of our Prophet ﷺ is that during the darkest and most difficult of times, he reminded everyone that you must have relentless hope. Like our Prophet ﷺ during the battle of, when he was digging the trench during the battle of Al-Hudaybiyah, Afwan, of Al-Ahzab. And the Prophet ﷺ, the companions were unable to break through a boulder in the trench. And the Prophet ﷺ struck it once and he screamed, Allahu Akbar, I see the white palaces of, of Syria. I see the palaces of Madian. He starts giving the believers glad tidings of futuhat, of openings that will come later on. And the question is, why would the Messenger ﷺ would do this when the hypocrites were saying this person, meaning the Prophet ﷺ, is promising them, promising them these far-off things when they're afraid to leave their camp to go use the restroom. Azakumullah. The reason is that the Prophet ﷺ wants to remove the, our heart's attachments to anything except Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because when our hearts are attached to the material means of success and victory, then we truly do not have that sense of belief. Because what is raja? What is hope at the end of the day? Hope is to have, it's, it's built on faith. Faith is to believe in God. Hope is to believe in the promises of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet wasallam wants to remind us, no, don't let your hearts be attached to these worldly means of success and victory. Our heart is not attached to political viability. In the sense, what we seek is not to belong. What we seek is not purely openings of success. What we seek is the pleasure of God. What we seek is rida al-Rabb. It's the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we have to be hopeful in only that so that we don't take cut corners in the process of doing so. 
This can only come with relentless hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the corollary, the follow-up to that, is we have to resist the urge to be uh, cynical. You know what I mean by cynical? You sit in a group, in a gathering, as we all do when we go back home with our families. And someone says, oh, look at what they do. They've been doing this for 80, 70, 90, 150 years. And us, we're still busy arguing about A, B, and C. All of that is true. But the problem is when our energy is spent being cynical and sukhriya, when it's just when it, all of our energy is in there, we have nothing left to expend on the thing that, things that matter. And so the Prophet ﷺ wants to reorient our energy to say, be hopeful in the promise of Allah, do your work. That's number one, relentless hope. Number two, though we have hope in Allah, we must do something, obviously. We can't just sit down and say we hope in Allah because there is a thin line between hope and amani, false hope. And that thin line is doing something about it. But as we're doing things about it, we can never believe that our action in of itself is what brings about success. And again, the Prophet ﷺ continuously reminded his companions that what brings success is purely the grace and fadl of Allah Nothing else. In fact, he says in a very famous narration in all the books, he says, None of you will enter paradise through their deeds alone. None of you will enter paradise through their deeds alone. And so the companions retorted and they asked, they said, O oh, Messenger of God, Wala anta? Not even you? He said, Wala ana, not even me. He, he paints the picture of what it means to work. He says, not even me. I can only enter paradise I, I can, through Allah's grace, that He dips me in His mercy and His grace. So then He says, So aim and get close. Meaning, put forward the efforts, the work, but don't let your hearts be attached to the efforts. The efforts alone will never give you victory. The efforts alone will never give you openings. It's only Allah's grace. And one of the great saintly scholars, Sayyidina Ibn Ata'illah al-Sakandari, he gives us a litmus test of when you know your heart is tied to the actions or your heart is tied to Allah. He says, مِنْ عَلَامَةِ الْإِعْتِمَادِ عَلَى الْعَمَلِ نُقْصَانِ الرَّجَاءِ عِنْدَ وُجُودِ الزَّلَلِ He said, of the signs that your heart thinks your actions do something, is that you lose hope when things don't go your way. You lose hope when things don't go your way. Let me paint an example for you. Over the past eight weeks, I found myself, I live in Maryland, I don't live in this state. I found myself in the offices of senators and congressmen and politicians and local, more than probably my whole life. And we're advocating and we're calling our centers and we're attending these advocacy and we're doing all of these things, right? And then you see things just keep getting worse. And then a person's heart say, Ma'ana, I did all of this stuff, nothing's working, you lose hope. The prophet, the, the, the scholar, Ibn Ata'illah is telling you no. That is a sign that you think what you're doing in of itself is what's bringing the results. And Allah wants you to remind you it's not what you're doing. 
Allah needs you to work as a necessary prerequisite. But the work in of itself is not what brings about results. He just wants you to do your work. The Prophet ﷺ tells us in the very famous hadith, if you see the hour approaching, meaning the day of judgment, the world is going to end. If you see the hour approaching, right? Like, and you have a seedling in your hand, then plant it. Because you will get a reward for it. On this day, the earth will completely be replaced with something different. So that's not going to be fruitful. That's not the point. The Prophet ﷺ wants to remind us that action is necessary, but it's not sufficient. It's Allah's grace alone. In the very famous narration, Sayyidina al-Khabab ibn al-Arat radiallahu ta'ala anhu comes to the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa huwa mutawassidun burdatan fi dhilli al-Ka'ba. He was leaning sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on a cloak of his under the shade of the Ka'ba. This is during the very early period in Mecca. And he tells the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Famous narration. He says, O Messenger of God, will you not ask Allah to grant us victory? Will you not ask Allah? Will you not make dua on our behalf for Allah? The Prophet ﷺ reminded him, it's a long hadith, that there were a people before you that were punished in a way much more severe than you were. Right? And then he gives him the, the result. He says, Wallahi la yutimanna hadha al-amra. He says, by Allah, this affair of yours, Islam, safety, the things you're asking for, this affair of yours, wallahi, it's going to be so complete and so widespread to the extent that the most dangerous place in the Arabian Peninsula, which is that that alley between Hadramaut in Yemen and Sana'a, full of bandits and, and highway robbers. He said it will reach safety to the extent that a person can walk that road fearing nothing but Allah or maybe the wolves on his flock. Then the Prophet says, However, you are indeed hasty. You are hasty. You believe that my actions for a few weeks few weeks will bring about some sort of change. No. It's the consistent, small advocacy uh, organizing over a long period of time and asking Allah for aid and succor and divine help and trusting in Him that it's not what we do. It's, this is what's going to bring about change. The Prophet says, you indeed are hasty. So number one, relentless hope. Number two, you need to do work but never believe that this work in of itself is going to bring about any change. It's only through the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number three, brothers and sisters. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about relationships. He says, and he makes the asl, the foundation of every human relationship, a test. He says, وَجَعَلْنَا بَعْضَكُمْ لِبَعْضٍ فِتْنَةً أَتَصْبِرُونَ We have made you a fitna for one another. Will you then be patient? Relationships are very difficult. And the reason I say this is specifically for the activists out there, the leaders, the people doing the work. It's very easy to be dis disheartened, disenfranchised, upset about the nature of quote-unquote unity. 
When building coalitions, when consensus building, when working with other organizations, when trying to align around principles, all of these things require a very deep, real human investment before an organizational investment. We need to get to know one another. We need to deal with one another. And this is going to be so critical. Alhamdulillah, it's easy to be mobilized around such an incredible injustice. But as is the sunnah of Allah, these injustices, the, the, the severity of them will go up and down. When it's here, when it's not as bad as it is right now, that mobilizing force will dissipate. It won't be there anymore. Not to that extent. And the only thing that will sustain us being together is an investment in one another. The reason I say this is because working with other organizations and communities, I've seen firsthand how certain people can just say, you know what, uh, I, I'm done with this. I don't want to deal with the Muslims. I don't want to deal with these people. I would rather do my own thing. That never works. Inshallah, if the brothers can move forward to make space. Barakallahu feekum. We need to be patient with one another, wallahi. And we need to get to know one another and build these relationships. This is specifically for the activists and people that are doing the work in the room. It's always, the Prophet says, whoever is patient with, their, with people, uh, whoever mixes with people and is patient with their harm is better than the one who does not mix and does their own thing. The Prophet says it's always better to take the, the more difficult path in this, in this matter. Generally, the Prophet always chose the easy path, but not when it would harm others. And not mixing with others harms others. So we need to be patient with another to be in this for the long run. I'm going to mention two more and I'll close inshallah. The fourth is fear. I want to speak a little bit about fear. Because during this, these times right now, what we're finding is an incredible witch hunt against any expression of pro-Palestinian solidarity. And this witch hunt comes in various forms. It comes in what people call doxing. It comes in cancel culture. It comes in trying to get people fired, trying to literally mute people from saying certain things, right? And people are afraid. And we cannot let this fear slow us down. And I'm going to give you two tips this is a long discussion. We don't have time for it today, but I'll give you a couple tips. Number one, Imam Al-Qayyim describes fear as a sort of spiritual running away. I'm running away from something. I think of awaqib, I think of consequences of doing or saying something. I might lose my job. And this has happened. It's happened to a lot of people in this community. It's happened across the country. I might lose my job. I might uh, have the fear of physical retaliation. And so Imam Al-Qayyim says, first and foremost... You want to uh, create a paradigm shift in your heart and your mind that the true awaqib, the true consequences I should fear, are not the fear of retaliation and the fear of speech. It's the fear of not standing up for what's right. And that's the consequences with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says, first of all, sit down, take a minute, and say, what consequences should I truly fear? Is it standing up for what's right, saying what's true, um, and facing some material consequences as a result? Or is it with being asked by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what have you done? I mean, those, th those, those are not the same when you actually think about it. So he says you do that, number one. Number two, fear for many is a consequence of lack of knowledge. People fear what they don't understand. 
People fear what they don't understand. And when a person doesn't have knowledge, they become, you can say, uh, unsafe in their own narrative, insecure in their own narrative. So it's, that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He speaks to us about da'wah, He says, قُلْ هَذِي سَبِيلِي أَدْعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ عَلَى بَصِيرَةً Say, this is my path. I call unto Allah upon sure certain knowledge because that certainty, both spiritual certainty, intellectual certainty, will give the person the courage and the fortitude needed to say what they, what they should be saying, right? So knowledge is important to overcome that fear. And finally, reflect upon the courage of the Messenger And when you reflect upon the courage of the Messenger you realize that fear is natural, but I need to overcome it. And overcoming it is a difficult thing, but we have to overcome it together. When you're with those who are courageous, you're inspired to be courageous. When you reflect upon the courage of the Messenger you get that, that boost. When you see the courage of fellow brothers and sisters and leaders and you see what's happening to our brothers and sisters in Gaza and you watch these things and you say, you're inspired with courage. So be around the courageous to be courage. That's number four. And finally, and I close with this, brothers and sisters, in the framework of tawakkul, you know the framework of tawakkul? I'qilha. What tawakkul? The Prophet ﷺ was asked about uh, a camel. Should I tie it or should I just have trust in Allah? when parking my camel. He said, no, tie it and then have tawakkul. For a lot of us, the tying is the advocacy, the calling, the work, all of the stuff. And the tawakkul, tawakkul is the dua, right? For a lot of us, that's how we conceive of the tawakkul framework. It's important to change that because dua and adhkar is part of the iqilha. We have to give it equal importance to the advocacy, if not more. And, and Sayyidina Qutayb ibn Muslim, Fatih Asya al-Wusta, the very famous Muslim commander, in one, in one battle, he, was asked, he asked about one of the great tabi'een, Muhammad ibn al-Wasi' al-Basri. He said, where is he? He said, he's in the far edge of the encampment with his finger towards the sky, asking Allah to give victory. And he's been doing that for hours. Right? He said, should we call him for you? He said, no, wallahi, that finger to the sky is more beloved to me than thousands of your men in your armor. The Prophet says, Allah gives victory to this ummah through their disenfranchised weak members, through their dua, through their salah, through their dhikr. We have to be people of dhikr and dua constantly. And in fact, we should measure our contribution to our brothers and sisters who are oppressed, we should measure it by the amount of dua that we're making. Are we waking up before Fajr to make dua? This is a serious question. Are we doing this nightly? You know, do we pray witr? If we don't, maybe we should pray witr and make dua nightly. And by the way, when you make dua for someone who's not used to it, you probably won't feel that brokenness. You know, when you see the pious person making dua and they're crying, you might not feel that. That's okay. The heart is a muscle. It needs to be exercised. You're not going to feel tadallul. You're not going to feel brokenness before Allah if you just started making dua and making it a habit. It has to be something that is continuous. And then that's when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can say the magic happens. That's when Allah azza wa will start giving nasr and sadad and thabat when we collectively are engaged in this. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to, we ask Allah to give our brothers and sisters victory. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Aqul qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum fa astaghfiru innahu rahim.
Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salamun ala ibadihi alladhina astafa Sayyiduna wa maulana Muhammad ala alihi wa sahbihi al-fudala Ibadullah Inna Allah, inna Allah ta'ala amarakum bi amrin bada bihi bi nafsih Wa thanna bi malaikati qudusih Wa thallatha bikum ayyuhal mu'minuna min insihi wa jinnih Faqala azza min qailin alima Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala al-nabi Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima لبيك اللهم ربي وسعديك صلوات الله البر الرحيم والملائكة المقربين والنبيين والصديقين والشهداء والصالحين وما سبح لك من شيء يا رب العالمين على سيدنا ومولانا محمد بن عبد الله خاتم النبيين وإمام المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد صلاة تنجينا بها من جميع الأهوال والآفات وتقضي لنا بها جميع الحاجات وتطهرنا بها من جميع السيئات وترفعنا بها عندك أعلى الدرجات وتبلغنا بها أقصى الغايات من جميع الخيرات في الحياة وبعد الممات We ask Allah سبحانه وتعالى We ask him to give our brothers and sisters sadad and thabat to give them victory يا رب العالمين to grant them shelter أن يداوي جرحاهم We ask you يا الله يا الله We ask you that you cure those who are sick amongst them you, you aid those who are injured amongst them, Ya Rabbil Alameen, that you accept those who have passed, who are killed as shuhada, Ya Rabbil Alameen. We ask Ya Allah to grant them victory and to make us, Ya Rabbil Alameen, reasons for that victory. As Allah Ta'ala an yansurahum wa yaj'alana sababan fi nusratihim. We ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to give them aid and ghawth and to make us a reason of that, to make us, Ya Rabbil Alameens, through which they are given ghawth, Ya Rabbil Alameen. We ask you, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, to grant us the courage, the moral fortitude, to grant us, Ya Rabbil Alameen, the courage to say that which is right, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Ya Allah, to grant us the courage to do that which is right. We ask you, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, to allow us to be agents of change for our brothers and sisters there, Ya Rabbil Alameen. We ask you, Ya Allah, as you have gathered us here today, to gather us with Al-Habib Al-Mustafa, Sallallahu Ta'ala Alayhi Wa Ala Alihi Wa Sahbihi Wa Sallam, to allow us to drink from His blessed hands, Sharbatan Hani'an La Nazma'u Ba'dahu Abada, a drink that will quench our thirst for eternity, and to gather us with the Nabiyeen, Was Siddiqeen, Was Shuhada, Was Salihin, Wa Hasuna Ula'ika Rafiqa. عباد الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله العظيم يذكركم واشكروه على نعمه يزدكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله سيدنا مولانا محمد رسول الله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله استووا مستقيم اعتدلوا تراصوا straighten your lines Fill in the gaps. Sallu salatam wadda'in. Pray as is your last prayer. Allahu Akbar. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Maliki Yawmiddin. Iyaka na'budu wa iyaka nasta'een. Ihdina al-sirat al-mustaqeem. 
صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين أم حسبتم أن تدخلوا الجنة ولما يعلم الله الذين جاهدوا منكم ويعلم الصابرين ولقد كنتم تمنون الموت من قبل أن تلقوه فقد رأيتموه وأنتم تنظرون وما محمد إلا رسول قد خلت من قبله الرسل أفإن مات أو قتلا قلبتم على أعقابكم ومن ينقلب على عقبيه فلن يضر الله شيئا وسيجزي الله الشاكرين الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا وما كان لنفس أن تموت إلا بإذن الله كتابا مؤجلا ومن يرد ثواب الدنيا نؤته منها ومن يرد ثواب الآخرة نؤته منها وسنجز الشاكرين وكأين من نبي قاتل معه ربيون كثير فما وهنوا فما وهنوا لما أصابهم في سبيل الله وما ضعفوا وما استكانوا والله يحب الصابرين الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده 
الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله